What is going on, Wedding Community Podcast? It is your host, Travis, and on today's episode, I have decided to take a masterclass that I taught for a local library, and I've been asked to actually do it multiple times, which is awesome. And I wanted to share that with you in a podcast form. So I'm going to go over some of the content that I covered in that masterclass here on the podcast. And you might be wondering, what was the masterclass topic? Um, so it was actually all about how to start a business as a creative. A lot of the people that get into the wedding industry, we started as creatives first. So photographers, videographers, florists, DJs, planners. A lot of us have kind of a creative background or a creative kind of itch that we have. And so I thought it would be really cool to talk about the struggles that come from being a creative and trying to start a business. It really uses two different sides of the mind. So we talk about all sorts of things about how to get started, how to kind of embrace that difference you have, and even trying to define certain things like freelancer or business owner or both and figuring out what it is you want to do and getting on that right path. So I'm really excited to share this masterclass with you in podcast form. So let's hop on in. We're going to be talking about um, a creative's guide to running a business. Um, as you know, being a creative and being a business owner are kind of two totally different uses of your brain in a lot of ways. You know, I, I know when I was getting started, um, when I thought just as a creative, it was very different than how I had to start thinking as I started kind of progressing and turning what I was doing into a business. So um, we're gonna talk through all sorts of fun stuff. So here's something, some, of the, some of the things that we're gonna cover. Um, building a foundation, uh, defining the difference of a freelancer versus a business owner, um, how to get started, kind of the mindset shift that you have to go through um, to start your own business, uh, simple systems, letting go of work, and a lot more. So uh, my name is Travis Heberling. Um, I have been in the video production and photography world for a little over 10 years. So I, uh, I basically uh, went to college, but I, I actually studied uh, special effects and motion graphics. And uh, basically, um, loved doing that and wanted to do that as a career. So I started applying to different studios and kind of my end goal, I always thought that I would end up just working a full-time job at some studio in the city or something along those lines. And as I found, um, it wasn't that easy. So I would um, get freelance jobs here and there, but typically what would happen is they would be wanting to try to find someone who's been doing it for five plus years. And as someone that just came out of college, it was very hard to have that experience. And even though they might like my work, they were just looking for someone who was a little more seasoned at it. So I just kept freelancing. And as I was freelancing, though I did love doing the animation work, I slowly started um, preferring the production side. So what would kind of happen is I would um, basically, you know, be doing this animation video for a company and they throw me like 500 bucks or something. And if you don't know much about doing 2D animation, um, that's not a lot of money <laughs> for how much work goes into it. So um, there would be sometimes I'd be spending about 60 plus hours on these projects um, for 500 bucks. But then on the flip side, they'd be like, hey, do you also do video? We need to film some testimonials or our CEO wants to do like an announcement video. Can you do that too? And I'm like, sure, I can figure that out. So I just started 
started investing in camera gear and I was finding that they were much uh, quicker to pay for those kind of projects and they were a lot easier to do. And, and part of that, I don't know if that was just the different types of projects or maybe I just didn't understand how to sell my services at the time, but I just preferred that and I felt like there was more appreciation for that kind of work. And to be honest, I mean, I, I love being on the computer, but I'm not that much into being on the computer as much as I was when I was doing animation. So when I was doing animation, it would be, you know, hours and hours and days and days in front of the computer. And what I love about video production is it's a good mix of both. So there'll be days like I had today where I was shooting all day before I got on this call. But then tomorrow I'm gonna be basically editing all day. So there's this good balance that you get to kind of have, which I love. We actually have two brands, both operated by me, just operate a little bit differently because of their end goal. So um, one of them is Visual Filmworks, which we focus on doing video strategy for businesses, non-for-profits, brands, kind of anyone who needs a video. A lot of It's a lot of social media-based videos, so we'll be creating like educational content or maybe like a testimonial video. And then we also have our wedding brand, which is Bella Tiamo, which is strictly focused on weddings and events. So um, we do photography and videography through there. And you might be wondering why we have two different brands, you know, especially if you're starting out, you might just be like so-and-so name photography or so-and-so name DJ. As we were kind of growing, we found that the two audiences were very different. Um, when you're talking to a bride and groom, it's very different than talking to a business owner. And they have two totally different end goals in mind. You know, for a couple, um, they're kind of planning for this day. They know that they have to invest some kind of, you know, money into photo and video and they're not really looking to get a the, the value they're getting is much different than what a business owner is looking for. So for the couple, their value is they want this heirloom that's gonna be with them for years and years and years. Whereas for a business owner, they want your video to do something for their business. So they want it to generate leads, they want it to give a message out to their clients. There's some kind of goal they have. And so it was very hard to talk very lovey-dovey, you know, to the couples we have, but then still trying to appeal to, you know, a CEO of like a, a big company. So we decided to separate the two brands and it, it's worked really well for us and so we have been doing that um, well I've been freelancing for a little over 10 years we kind of got a little more serious um, about 2015 and just to kind of give you a background so I when I was started I was 100% creative I had no interest in starting a business like going back to what I was saying I thought I would just be working for someone I never thought I'd be operating my own thing um, but now that I am, I, I love the freedom of it, and I don't think I could ever go back to working for someone again. And it, it came with a lot of trials, though, because I didn't study business stuff, and I didn't learn up on that. So around 2015 is when I started realizing that I need to understand that stuff a little better than I do. Um, and not that I, I give up on learning the creative stuff. I'm always trying to get better at that and improve things like lighting and audio and all those kind of cool things. And I'm, I'm totally like a nerd for that stuff too but um, at the same time to me it's almost more beneficial for me to be learning business stuff so like if I'm going to like a photo video conference um, I might do like one class on like shooting or something but you can guarantee like my schedule is going to be full of anything that has to do with business or marketing because that's the stuff that I just love to learn about um, and and by knowing that stuff it allows me to be able to have the freedom I have to kind of take the jobs I want to take and just be able to do the kind of stuff that I want to do. 
one of the places you want to start is setting a foundation. So um, I know for myself, when I was getting started, and I know for others, it can be very hard to get started. And when people realize how much work <laughs> goes into running a, a business um, and turning their craft or their hobby into something that could become their main income, a lot of times they give up early on just because it, it is a lot of work. And you know, sometimes the, the uh, you know, social media paints it in this picture of like, oh, you'll have this freedom and you can just, you know, play video games whenever you want and, you know, you could just go on vacation whenever you want. And that's not really the case, especially when you're starting out. You're putting in a lot of hours um, to kind of build something. So I just want to encourage you to kind of keep pushing forward. And something I think that will help you stay on that course, um, I, I picked this up from somewhere else and it's called Vest. And it's, it's basically... Um, if, if you break it down, um, you know, it's, it's visualize. So it's visualizing the business you want to create. So that's always a good place to kind of start is to start putting pen to paper of, okay, what is this that I'm building? And, and that's going to change over the years. You know, like even myself, um, I thought I would be maybe having like an animation company or something, but as it was progressing, it became more video production. And then we got pulled into weddings and then we kind of had a whole thing going with that. So that's always going to change a little bit, but you should at least kind of define what it is and what you kind of see as like your end goal. You know, what's, what's your vision for not even just the business, but your own life, you know, like set some goals like six months in advance, one year in advance, five years in advance, 10 years in advance. Just start kind of laying out like where you want your life to be and where you want this business or your career to be. Evaluate, that, that that's kind of the next step. And that is thinking about what things are maybe stopping you from having your vision happen. So this could be a nine to five job, you know, obviously, you can do a side hustle, but it is very hard if you want to take this seriously to, you know, be going into work every day, possibly even commuting if you're not working from home. And then to, you know, come home and say you want to be into photography and you're editing all your photos that you shot over the weekend, those weeknights, and you're you're grinding away till midnight, and then you're going to bed, and then you're waking up and going to your nine to five. It's it's very hard to do that, and that's definitely gonna stand in your way. Now I'm not advising you just to outright <laughs> cold quit your job if that's your you know stability right now, but um, that's one example. Um, it could also just be fear, you know, like maybe you're not you're afraid to leave your nine to five. And so that's something you need to kind of iron out and see what you might need to change in order to make what you're visualizing happen. Next is strategy. So um, you want to think about your vision and strategy um, and the most effective way to make that happen. And so um, these are usually kind of created by systems, which I'm going to be getting into um, in a little bit. And so that is basically taking, um, you know, the steps that you do and thinking about what kind of steps you would do. So, you know, if you're wanting to become a DJ, you would be like, okay, well, I get an email, I always send this email, so maybe I can like make a copy of this email and I send this email every time. And then I get on the phone call and then I do a follow-up email, so maybe I can like just schedule that follow-up email to go automatically and, you know, like just trying to kind of iron out the steps that you do every time and not just like doing it willy-nilly, but like basically having a plan and a strategy to kind of execute all that. And then lastly, it's just taking action. It's moving forward on the past three things that we just discussed and applying it and, and making it happen. 
But before we execute on that, I think it's good to define something about yourself. And that's deciding if you wanna be a freelancer or a business owner. Now, neither one is wrong, but they are kind of two totally different things and there can be overlap. So for myself, when I was getting going, as I mentioned, um, I've been doing this for a little over 10 years, but like where the, the ball really got rolling for me, excuse me, was kind of around 2013. And part of that was because I was shooting for other people. So while I was trying to kind of build my own thing, I was also shooting for some other studios. And so I was kind of a hybrid of both. And as things progressed and I started booking my own jobs, I less and less was a freelancer and I was more and more of a business owner. So let me kind of visualize exactly what the difference of that is. So let's, um, let's go back to the DJ example. So let's say that you want to um, become a DJ. Um, well, you, you should define if you are wanting to be the person that kind of runs everything. So are you, you know, getting on the, on the phone with a bride or, you know, an event coordinator? Are you the one sending the email, sending the quotes, sending the contracts, going out to the event, um, doing the follow-up, you know, getting the reviews, marketing yourself, getting more couples? Is that what you kind of visualize yourself doing? Or would you rather just DJ weddings and you don't worry about any of that stuff? Um, if that's the case, you might be better off as a freelancer and just trying to find companies that have already built their brand and becoming a DJ for them or an associate for them. And that really kind of applies to a lot of different places. I mean, definitely photography, videography, um, a lot of different avenues that are in the creative field. There's a lot of people that have built their business over the years and they're always looking for extra help. So maybe you can just jump in and help them and then you don't have to worry about the uh, the other side of it of being a business owner. So I think it's very good to kind of define that. And like I said, that might change as you're progressing. Like for myself, I was kind of doing a hybrid, but for the most part now, unless someone I know just needs help or needs an extra shooter or something, most of the work that I'm doing is through our own business. I have this kind of uh, laundry list that you can kind of reference when it comes to getting started. Um, what's funny is this probably isn't even everything that you would need to do to get a business going, but these are kind of the core things that you would want to do. They're not in any particular order. Um, you know, they can kind of be mix and match, um, but there's a few that I'll, I'm going to touch on specifically, but um, you know, like developing a name, researching the name, that's almost just as important as developing the name because you might come up with a really slick name and it turns out someone else already has it or maybe there's one that's similar out there and you, you know, people are gonna get you confused with another one. And so that is um, really important to look into. And then once you've done that, you still have to make sure it has a domain that's available to buy because you're gonna wanna have some kind of website and online presence when it comes to that. Um, you know, what I what I have preferred, and I know it's not for everyone, I think it kind of matters like how big you want the business to become, but I think it's good to separate things. And so for myself, um, we have a business phone number, we have a business email, we have a business bank account, and it just helps keep things separate from my personal life. And there's a lot of financial reasons and just kind of legal reasons you wanna do that too. Um, one, for example, is if something ever would happen and you, know, you sold someone a, an art product or something that you did and they weren't happy and they're trying to sue you. Um, if you have all this stuff kind of separated, they can't come for your personal stuff. They can only come for your business. And so um, there are a lot of benefits, but you know, when you're starting out, 
it's a little different. Sometimes you just kind of got to keep everything under the same umbrella until you're, you're getting going. But I do advise to eventually start looking into that because it does make things helpful. And for myself, um, when it comes to the phone number, all we did is we just set up a free Google Voice number and it allows me to be able to kind of turn that side of my brain off at night. So like if I still want to use my phone in a personal way and like text friends or call friends or whatever, um, I can do that and I'm not going to just get random calls from brides, you know, asking to see if we're available. I can, I can find that out in the morning. Um, like I was saying, there's two that I'm going to kind of focus on um, hardcore here, and that's um, setting up a CRM and a system and finding leads. So we'll, we'll jump into that. So when I, when I say um, CRM uh, and like systems and stuff like that, so basically what I'm meaning is um, a CRM is a, a customer relationship management program. And so there's a bunch of them out there. Um, some are better than others for certain professions. Um, we personally use 17 hats. And so with 17 hats, um, it's very catered towards people that are like photographers, videographers, kind of like subcontract people, people in the wedding business. It, it lends very well to that. It's very easy to use. Um, there's also bigger platforms like Salesforce. Um, we looked in that for a little while, but it was, it was way too much overkill for us. And it just didn't really speak to us the way that 17 hats does. Um, there's a few others like 17 hats that are very geared towards um, kind of like what I would say like small business, you know, independent type people. Um, one's called HoneyBook. That's a really good one too. Um, I wouldn't say that it's required when you're starting, but it's definitely a huge, it's, it's an I mean, it is an investment, but it's one I think that will pay off with how much time you end up saving. It keeps track of all of our clients. Actually, if someone inquires on our website, it comes into 17 hats first. So it, it basically auto plugs in their information for us. And then if say they end up booking with us, we can, we can basically convert their profile to a booked client and then it'll go onto our calendar. That calendar syncs with our Google calendar. So I see it on my phone. So, you know, if I'm out and about and a friend's like, hey, I got a friend that's getting married on, you know, July 10th, are you available? I can pull up my Google calendar. It's connected to my 17 hats and I can be like, yes or no. And so um, it saves a lot of time when it comes to that stuff. But then also um, we have templates for our quotes, templates for our contracts, and all of it can be done online, which makes it super convenient for our clients, um, especially when it comes to the commercial clients. You know, they're, they don't want to waste a bunch of time printing out a document, signing a document, scanning it in, sending it. Um, they just want it done fast and they want to be able to pay us fast and we want them to pay us fast because if they don't, they're going to forget and then we're going to be trying to track down our invoice. So um, they could do everything through like their client portal and we don't have to worry about that. Um, this is kind of an illustration. One time I sent a quote to a couple that I talked to on the phone. Um, we had a job that was in a different state, so I was flying out for that. And when we landed, I was checking my email and I got a notification that they had already, you know, signed the contract, paid the deposit, and like the, the first email was already sent out to them. And if I didn't have 17 hats, that means like when I would have got to the hotel, I would have had to write up a quote for them, write up a contract, send it to them. It'd be saved somewhere randomly on my computer as opposed to somewhere secure. So it, it just makes, you know, running a business a lot easier. And I think it's a huge, I mean, it's, it's definitely a worthwhile investment to have. Now, when I'm talking about systems, um, what I kind of mean by that is, um, we have a process that we follow every time. And, and for us, we are kind of more of a boutique studio. And so we don't really have like packages. We kind of make custom quotes for our clients, whether it's for weddings or commercial clients. 
So we do need to be on the phone with them and there's some things that are always kind of tailor-made to the clients. But there's also things that like happen every single time. And as I was doing my business over the years, I started kind of picking up on the things that were always happening and that we constantly were doing. And so um, to kind of give you an example, here is kind of like our system for after a, a wedding photo or a wedding video is complete. So um, we'll let them know it's almost ready. So I actually usually end up doing that after it's actually ready because in case something like goes wrong and I'm like estimating that it will be done, you know, exporting out on this day, just in case I make sure it's actually exported out and uploaded before I tell them that it's almost ready. And then I'll tell them, you know, hey, it's almost ready even though it is actually online and everything. Just to make sure that it's all like good and we're, we don't have to worry about anything. I'll then share some like behind the scenes stuff with them. So it might be like just my screen with my phone on like an Instagram stories, like, hey, we're almost done with your film or just something to kind of get them excited. And then um, we will share, if they had a teaser trailer, we'll share the teaser trailer. And then we prepare everything for online. And so, so yeah, it's a lot of steps and that's not even like talking about our pre-production or our you know production side and stuff. But it is good to outline those things. And once you've kind of outlined them once and you've plugged them in, it will take some time to do that. But now it's just kind of the system that works in the background automatically for me. And I don't even have to be doing any of that stuff. It's doing it for me. And it's just this, you know, computer doing it. And so it saves me a ton of time. And it's just one less thing to worry about. So the other thing I want to talk on was getting new leads and, and how to find clients. And um, I think this applies really to kind of any field that you're in. Um, you can kind of take away any of these when it comes to starting a business. I mean, you could be starting a barbershop and <laughs> one of the ways that you can get leads is you could give away a free haircut and get people in. And if you do a good enough job, they're gonna come back. And so um, that kind of starts with my first one. So free work when gym started reopening, we knew that they had been hit really hard because of COVID. So we actually decided to give away a free video. And the way that they could enter is they had to follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, and then fill out our email form. And so what we did by doing that is we developed a client list of fitness centers that were in the area. Um, we didn't have a ton of people sign up, but I think we still ended up with like 25 people on our list. And so we end up giving away um, a free kind of social media video to one of the um, people. And now we can use that video to then send to um, those other gyms to be like, hey, we could do this for you as well. Um, and, and then it's just also, we have content of that. That was like a, that was a niche that we never had worked with before. We never really did anything in like the fitness world. So now we have that sample too. So anytime someone comes to us and like, hey, we need a video for our gym. Boom, here you go. Here's one that we've done. And then they were super happy with it. It brought in more views to them. It's brought in new clients and we can use that as an example for them. Um, the other one is social media. So um, you don't necessarily need to spend money on social media to get leads from social media. So going back to what I was talking about with the way that we kind of premiere things. So we are making sure that the client is aware that this video is going to be on Instagram and Facebook and we're tagging them and we're, you know, making sure that their spear and their like group of friends and family are going to see this video in some capacity. So um, just doing that is huge. And, you know, that could be with anything. Um, 
I've been using DJs a lot as an example, but it, it's kind of an easy one. Um, you know, like with a DJ, it's doing like behind the scenes, like while they're out DJing the event and then tagging the couple and be like, I'm at so-and-so's wedding. And then a lot of their friends or families might see that, especially with weddings, a lot of times they have a hashtag they made. So that's another way to, um, you know, just kind of get on the radar and stuff. We get a lot of leads that weren't even like directly referred to us. I call them indirect referrals. And so what I mean by that is, um, we might do a video for a business and you know that business owner shares it on their Facebook page because they were super excited with it. And then just someone that they went to college with or high school with or whatever, they have a business, they see the video, they're like, hey, I need one of those too. And then they'll reach out to us. So that happens a lot for us. Now, um, I said you don't need ads. Ads are a great way to kind of start getting more leads fast, but I understand when you're starting out, sometimes you don't have the budget for that. So I would recommend just at least doing something um, and posting as much as you can um, online and making sure it's quality posts too, because that's gonna definitely lead to um, more leads. Um, the other one is cold email, which does work. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to do, and I know if you're like me, um, you probably get a lot of emails that go straight to your trash. So you just got to make sure you're doing it right. So we, um, the first time we ever tried doing email, um, we decided to target one specific niche. So we targeted dental offices and I sent out like maybe 10 to 20 emails and I didn't just tell them, Hey, I'm a videographer. Can I do some video work for you? I actually gave them a PDF that was just like, you know, three tips if you are looking to start doing um, videos for your business. And so I just sent that out and I actually ended up having one respond and it was kind of this thing of like perfect timing because they had just hired a marketing person. The marketing person was looking to do more videos for them. And surely enough, right when they're about to start searching for a video person, here's an email from a videographer that's giving them free content. And so we end up doing some jobs for them. So it does work. I think you have to be very creative and you can't be too salesy, but if you're just trying to be helpful to people, um, it can go a long way. Another one is, you know, if you've done projects for people, it doesn't hurt to reach back out to them and just be like, hey, you know, I loved working with you. Do you have any other like business owners that you know that have cool businesses like yours that I could do work for? And so there's, there's a lot of different creative ways you can use email that can actually land new jobs. And then lastly, it's just asking friends and family. Um, you know, for us, um, not, I wouldn't say a lot of our leads come from that, but there are a handful that still come from that. And sometimes people just don't understand what you do, <laughs> what I've discovered. So, I mean, we primarily do video production. I mean, we do photography as well, but our main focus is definitely video. And as the years have gone on, it's become more and more focused on video. Um, but like when I go back home to like my hometown and like I run into someone and they're introducing me, they're like, oh, this is Travis. He's a, he's a photographer or, you know, like he, uh, he takes photos or, you know, like he takes family photos and it's like, I've taken family photos, I think like twice in my life. Like that's definitely not our specialty, but, um, they just sometimes don't really know what you do. So it, it doesn't hurt to, you know, just kind of clarify with maybe friends and family next time you're hanging out with them or you know doing a phone call with someone you know just like yeah i just got done doing this project and kind of spelling out what that project was so maybe they can kind of grasp their heads around it a little bit more and then they'll be thinking about you next time they talk to someone and if you're like hey i do videos for businesses and then they're inside of a restaurant and they think that they could like update their 
their uh, marketing or their social media, they'd be like, oh, hey, my friend does that. And, you know, next thing you know, there's a referral for you. So next, I wanted to talk about um, letting go of things. So as you kind of progress with operating a business, you're going to find that there's some things that you love to do and you hate to do and some things that you don't have time to do anymore. And as you, so as you're progressing, I mean, this can be as early as a month in, um, I would say, especially if you're like a year or two or three in, like you should definitely be defining these things um, and being okay with paying someone else to do certain work for you. So for myself, um, I hate doing my taxes. I hate like managing all those kind of things, but I still try to do it all the time when I started because I thought I was saving money, but really, I, it was hurting me because I was spending so much time doing my taxes instead of going out and doing projects or trying to find new leads or editing a project. And so by me hiring you know, a financial advisor, um, it cost me some money to do that, but they've saved me so much time and they've saved me money because I was doing things improperly. So they made sure I was doing it correctly. Um, another one is editing. Um, I, I like doing editing, but it's a, it's a huge time suck. And so I try very intentionally to hand that work over to some um, subcontractors that I have that help me out with editing. Um, there's even some types of niches that we work with where I almost never touch the editing. And it's not that I can't do it. It's not that I necessarily don't want to do it. It's just that I know that my time is better spent somewhere else and I want to kind of keep progressing the business. And it just feels great being able to help out other people find work. I mean, especially in a year like last year, um, there's a lot of friends I have that were, you know, kind of more subcontract freelancers and they were just didn't have any work. And so it's, it's nice if you can bring in more work um, with your, you know, sales and business, you know, um, skills that you have and then be able to give them work to do. And then while they're doing work, you can be doing the things you really love doing. Um, so yeah, it, it doesn't hurt to kind of let go of those kind of things. And you got to remember too that, um, you know, some people's, um, you know, kind of their thorn in the side, like for me with finances, that for some people, they love doing that. You know, like my financial advisors, that's like their favorite thing to do. Uh, I mean, that's why they started their business because they love doing that stuff. Same with bookkeeping. There's people that, you know, you might be like, oh, I hate responding to my emails. I hate sending quotes. I hate managing this stuff. Like no one else would like doing this. No, there are people that enjoy doing tasks like that. So um, yeah, there, there's no harm in trying to let go of things and it's one of those things too where, um, take like a website for example, a lot of people when they start out, they make their own website. You know, they try to find a template and things like that. Um, I did that um, and you know, you might save money, um, but you might not be setting it up correctly and that little bit of money you would have invested in an actual web designer, that's going to give you a better product probably, unless you have a background in web design, it's probably gonna give you a way better product um, and they're going to know how to optimize it better for you. And that time then that, you know, those hours and hours you would have been spending in GoDaddy or WordPress or whatever, um, you're going to get that back. And then you're going to probably make that up by booking a project because you were available to book that. And then when it comes to those that are still doing a nine to five, um, one of the biggest questions is when is it time for me to leave the nine to five? 
Obviously, everyone is going to be different. That You definitely want to kind of define that before you do. So like for myself, um, when I graduated school, I was just doing like a part-time retail job. And I was always like on the fence, like, oh, I don't know if I should leave. But I didn't really have anything to worry about. Like I, I did have all my student loan debt, which there was a lot of student loan debt. But, you know, they weren't looking for that right away. So the only thing I really had to worry about was just kind of groceries and my apartment. And I had a roommate, so our apartment was even like cheaper. And so um, for me, there was like no risk. You know, I wasn't married, didn't have kids, um, just came out of school, had a little bit of money saved. So I, I could take that risk and it didn't matter. But I know for some people, you know, you might already be married, you might have kids, you might be the main um, person bringing in income to your family. So you have to be, you have to be making sure that you're making the right decisions. And so um, there's nothing wrong with keeping your nine to five and doing a side hustle. If anything, um, it might be the better option for a while because once you leave that nine to five, if you were full time and had benefits, those benefits go away. Um, you no longer get paid vacations. You no longer get, um, you know, insurance, all those kind of things. You have to find that yourself. And it's just kind of another thing that you have to worry about. Um, obviously, as you kind of keep growing your business, you know, you might have people in place that could take your place so you could take a vacation. But when you're starting out, you're typically the only person doing everything. And so um, all those kind of benefits of telling your work that you're taking off a week for spring break and that's being paid for, um, those are gone. And so you just have to kind of keep that in mind. Um, what I advise is to figure out what your safety net is, how much money you would need to have saved up, and make sure you have that first before you make the jump. Um, I think three months is kind of a good ground because if you leave your nine to five, it's gonna take a little while to get going. Hopefully you've already kind of planted some of the roots of that. So you're already doing some freelance work and hopefully within that three months, you'll be comfortably going where you are consistently working and you don't have to worry about um, you know, not having enough to pay for bills. Um, but you figure out what that timing is. Like maybe you're a little more conservative about that. So maybe it's six months or a year, but just make sure you have some kind of savings in place. Um, I mean, there, there's, it's not necessarily wrong to go into debt to start a business, um, but it's not what I would advise. Um, I don't think, I mean, I'm in a weird position where I went into debt because I went to school, um, but if I would have not went to school and would have just been starting the business outright, um, I don't think I would have done a credit card. I think I would have just kind of built up. And that's what's wonderful about being a creative is you can kind of build into your business. So what I would just do is every time I would do a shoot, um, I'd put a little bit aside for my bills, but then I would um, put the rest of it towards the business. So I would buy cameras, I would buy lighting, I would buy audio, I would do all that kind of stuff. And then once I had all the gear, I would then you know invest some of it into marketing and having someone make a website for me and, and stuff like that. So. It's okay to just kind of do it piece by piece. I would say that's definitely the safer route to go than debt because you don't want to take out a huge loan and then you find that you don't like doing this for your full-time job or it just doesn't work out or, you know, God forbid we end up with a pandemic again or something like that and you can't find any work. So, um, yeah, definitely if you can take the, the slow route, stay at your 9 to 5 and just kind of build up into your job, I think that's the way to go. So that's all I have. Um, thanks for joining in.